You're listening to the Harborside Church Podcast. To connect with us online, go to www.harborside.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Welcome to Harborside Church Launch Sunday. Is it good to be here? Yes. This has been a long time coming. This is such a great day. We want to say welcome to friends, family, supporters, uh, team members. Thank you so much for all you've done to make this happen. We want to say welcome to anyone who's um, been dragged along here by some well-meaning team members. Thank you for being here. Uh, this, is, this is an awesome day. It's a day that we've uh, prayed about, dreamed of, hoped for, for about three years now. So welcome. It's so great to have you here. This, this truly is a great day, one of the greatest days of our lives. Can I tell you about another great day? Check out the screen. Here's a picture of the day that Pip and I... Wait, it's coming in a sec. Here we go. Ready? There we go. There's a picture of the day that Pip and I got engaged about 15 years ago. Don't we look young? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We don't have those wrinkles that those blessed little ones tend to give you yet. So there we are, very fresh-faced. Um, that was the day we got engaged. That's in the, the vineyards and the vines of McLaren Vale. So, now, it's funny. We, we met when we were about 16 years old, and, and we started dating when we were 18, and we dated for quite a long period of time. And when you're dating for quite a while, you get a lot of comments from people, don't you? So Some of the less blunt people are like, come on, you know, it's, it's, a, it's time, isn't it? But some more of my very blunt friends, particularly my girlfriends, are like, come on, five years, sort of ribbing me in the gut. It's about time, isn't it? Now, I wasn't giving in to peer pressure, but I thought, yep, it is about time. Pip and I discussed this, so we thought, okay, yeah, it's about time to take our relationship to the next level. And so I came up with this ridiculous harebrained idea to get engaged in Adelaide. So we flew down there in a day, in a, uh, in a day and back because I, I just thought, wouldn't it be romantic to propose in the vineyards of McLaren Vale. So little did I know, we get down there, Adelaide is in the midst of a heat wave and it's 45 degrees. Uh, at noon, we're in jeans and I'd, ne- I'd never been there before. So I'm, I'm traipsing around trying to find the perfect spot to propose. And we quite literally climbed a barbed wire fence over these vines, just trying to find the perfect spot. Oh, this, this is great, but it's not, not shady. Or this is good, oh, we can't see the view. Or this is good, but it's a bit rocky and my precious knees will hurt when I kneel. Anyway... <laughs> So we finally found a place, found a place to propose, and I was so nervous. I, I knew she'd say yes, but I was nervous anyway. Proposed, um, she said yes, and uh, we just celebrated our 14-year anniversary this year, which was pretty exciting. That deserves a round of applause, particularly for Pip, I think. <clears throat> particularly for Pip, she probably deserves that applause. Uh, the time had come for us to take our relationship to the next level. The time had, you know, it had been a long time. The time had come for us to, to move on to the next stage, to take our relationship seriously, to move ahead. Jesus' first words in our reading today from the book of Mark, from the New Testament, which is an eyewitness biography of his life, his first words are, the time has come. Jesus spent much of his adult life in manual labor, and then he starts what we call his public ministry at the age of 30, and in Mark's, the book of Mark, his first words are, the time has come. The time has come for what? In the original language the New Testament was written in, that's Greek, there's two words for time. The first one is chronos, where we get the word chronology from. That's just sort of the regular 
ticking of time. That's not the word Jesus uses. Jesus uses the next one, which is called kairos. Kairos is not just uh, time being just the regular ticking of a clock. It means significant moment. It means a moment of time infused with meaning and purpose. This is the word that Jesus uses. A kairos moment. Not every click of the clock is equal. I wonder if you can, it's pretty easy, I wonder if you can think of a significant time in your life. We've all got them. We've all got those moments that tend to sort of change the course of our lives. Maybe it was um, the birth of a child. That's a pretty big one. Maybe it was the moment you said, I do, to your loved one. That's a big one. Or maybe it was something different. Maybe it was uh, a spiritual experience, an amazing connection with God. Or maybe it was um, an achievement, like finishing a marathon or or completing the city to surf, or if you're like me, completing a 5K run. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Or maybe it was another achievement like completing a degree or landing that job that you really were hoping for. Maybe it was something like that. Maybe it was um, a light bulb moment when you finally figured out something, like when when you finally figured out how to use the Apple TV remote. That was a a big day for my father-in-law, two years in the making. If he finally, sorry, Bob, he's here, but uh, he won't mind. That was it. Yeah, I've got the mic. Thanks, Bob. Um, <laughs> that was a big day. There was two years of phone calls back and forth, pretty much. Now, we've all got lots of these moments in our lives, don't we? Lots of these significant moments. I mean, I've got stacks, right? I remember the, the day I bought my first guitar. Right, for me, that was so significant. It was so significant. I remember ringing Pip saying, come on, you've got to be with me when I purchased this thing. I remember the uh, day we had our first gig as a band. I was in a band for a long time. On the day, I thought, man, we are nailing this. I look back and I'm so embarrassed at how bad we were. For the first couple of years, we were pretty bad. I, I remember the day of our last gig. I remember the last song we ever sang as a band. Through, through tears from my eyes, I, I remember it well. I remember um, most of my kids' first words. Please don't ask me afterwards what they are, but I think I remember what they are. Uh, I have it this one. I remember getting my driver's license. Do you remember that? Do you remember the first time you drove in a car without an adult present? Just the feeling of freedom that that brought. I remember um, days, hard days, sad days, where through tears you're saying goodbye to friends and family. They're memorable ones too. Some moments in our lives are more significant than others, aren't they? Jesus' first words are, the moment is here. The moment is kind of, what moment is that? It's a moment in history, the whole Bible, we would say all of history is pointing to, that is the arrival of Jesus. And the time has come for us to respond to what he says. The opportunity for something extraordinary has come. Are you ready? So over the next 55 minutes, we get, that's a joke, by the way. Over, <clears throat> although, please don't time me. Over the next 20 minutes or so, 20 minutes, we're going to discover together what Jesus meant when he said the time has come. So the following statement, he says, the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news. What does that mean? Well, we're going to investigate this together. The time has come for a new reality, a challenge and an invitation. That's what we're going to journey through this morning. Time has come for a new reality, a challenge, and an invitation. We're going to get stuck in. 
to the first one, a new reality, by looking at verse 15. We're really going to park there this morning for the next little while and check it out. Let's have a look. Verse 15. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. An unparalleled time in history has come. And now God, don't miss this, God makes a personal appearance in Jesus. I don't know what you think, but I reckon most Australians, or maybe even most people, tend to think there could be a God out there. And maybe if the God we think that might be there, what if he actually showed up? So the Bible says that if you want to know what God is like, all you've got to do is look at Jesus. And this is what it means. The term means the kingdom of God has now come near. If you want to know what God is like, all we've got to do is look to Jesus. It's got nothing to do with old buildings, mumbled prayers, traditions. Some of that stuff's great, but some of it gets in the way about what the Christian faith is really on about, and that is all about Jesus. The time has come because Jesus is bringing something new. Just like when Pip and I got engaged and then married, our lives wouldn't be the same. We'd entered into a new part of our lives. Jesus comes on the scene with his birth, life, death, and resurrection, and things will never be the same again. He introduces us to a new way of life, a new community, introduces a new community, an outpost of heaven. The church at its best is a foretaste of what heaven is to be like. I just finished reading C.S. Lewis's The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe to my oldest son, Josh. And it was fun. We read my wife's old copy and the pages were falling out. And it was, he was loving getting in the story. And I hadn't read it since I was young. It's a great story. I'm sure you all know it. You've probably seen the movie or read the book yourselves. The youngest child in the family, Lucy, she's the first one to experience Narnia. She, she goes in the wardrobe. She pushes back the back section of the wardrobe and enters into the magical world of Narnia. And, and she sees it for all its beauty and all its wonder. She comes back and tells her brother and sisters about it, brothers and sisters about it. And of course, they don't believe her. She's the youngest in the family. What does it take for them to believe her? It takes them going back into the wardrobe and entering into this magical world to see its beauty and its wonder and even its existence for them to believe. The church is at its best when it's doing just that, pointing people to the wonder of Jesus. People, this is church, people who have experienced the life-changing reality of who Jesus is, living in loving community, pointing people to Jesus. That's the church. See, Jesus introduces a new way, a new kingdom where things look different, where kings serve, where the poor are a priority, where love rules, where people aren't... um, Loved and accepted because of what they can bring, but simply they're loved and accepted because they are made in the image of God. Now, our hope here at Harborside is to live out these values of the kingdom, of the new reality that Jesus ushers in. Now, I'd love just to take a moment while we're talking about significant moments and and new realities. I'd love to just share with you a bit about the Harborside Church journey, if I may, uh, and about the church that we're sitting in. Because some of you might be thinking, Wasn't there a a church with a different name here before? And where did Harborside Church come from? Well, let me say Harborside Church is proudly a Baptist church. And where we are sitting used to be known as Mossman Baptist Church. So let me share with you a bit of history. Right, There's been a thriving history of Baptist ministry in this area. Uh, Check out this photo. 
This is where the first service of Mossman Baptist Church took place in April 1904, up at Cremorne Junction. It's gone now, that hardware store. But this is back in the days when... Uh, Back in the days where property was two pounds per square foot. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, People met in the flat out the back of this hardware store and started a church. Now that little group of people steadily grew and they moved here to Melrose Street where they built this beautiful building in 1922. So where we're sitting now, this was built in 1922. And in 1968, they did extensive renovations and they, they created the Besser Block Baptist Church. This is the, the breeze block in all its glory. And uh, I love this next photo here. You can see the, they're, they're proud men. They look like FBI agents, don't you reckon? Them? <laughs> they're proud of their Besser block creation. There they are, 50 years ago. Uh, so the Mossman Baptist has had a thriving history. Uh, but unfortunately, it has been a sad season over the last 15 years or so here at Mossman Baptist. There's been significant decline. But there is hope because God is a God of hope and he had a plan. At the same time as this church was going into decline, God planted a seed in our hearts to start a new church in this area. Uh, I took a church planting course at the Baptist Bible College and at the end of it I handed in a detailed plan of how we might start a church in this area. At the very same time, a proposal to sell the very building we were in was tendered to the same person. So at the same time, on the same person's desk, was our proposal to maybe start a church in this area and a proposal to sell the very building we are in. God had a plan. Amen? And I just want to take a moment now and say it's been an incredible blessing to walk alongside the folks who were left at Mossman Baptist Church. And over the last couple of months, uh, us at Harborside, we've been inviting and welcoming in the folks from Mossman Baptist Church. And we just want to stop now and say thank you for being patient with us and loving us back as well. And we want to say welcome. Welcome into the family. Can we just, would you mind if we gave them a bit of a... And earlier this year, uh, the team at Harborside Church, we started our year by meeting in our Pip and My apartment, which is not far from here, just dreaming, just praying and, and, and dreaming and, and thinking and hoping and opening God's word and, and really asking two questions. Why are we here and who do we want to be? Now, in answer to that, why are we here? You can see over on my right, your left here, this, this uh, statement dressed up in beautiful flowers. I didn't do this, clearly. Um, it's beautiful. Um, this is why we exist. This is our mission statement, proclaiming the hope of Jesus to Mossman and beyond. We exist to invite people to meet Jesus. So that's answering that first question of why are we here. That second question of, well, who do we want to be? Talks about our culture, our DNA, our values. And put simply, We want to exist in the way of Jesus to point to Jesus. Does that make sense? We want to live in the new reality that Jesus ushers in with with those beautiful new kingdom values. That's our hope here at Harborside Church. And you heard about some of that in the video that we just shot. Thank you, Pippi. All right, let's keep moving on, hey? So we've looked at that Jesus says the time has come for a new reality. Next, a challenge. Let's keep reading. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. 
Repent. That's a word with some weight, isn't it? Repent. I wonder what uh, image that conjures up in your mind when you hear that word, repent. Maybe it's sort of a, a hellfire preacher with a big Bible bashing a... I need a wooden pulpit, a big meaty one, but that's, is that maybe what image conjures up in your mind? Well, what does it mean, that word repent? It literally means to turn around, to turn back, even maybe to change one's mind. Jesus' first words are, the time's come, I'm ushering in a new way, and I invite you to change your mind about who you think and what you think God might be like. I'm inviting you to reconsider. I'm inviting you to have the opportunity to change. Now, here's the thing about change. Some people love it. I love change. You can probably tell, right? That excites me. Change excites me. But some people hate change. But I reckon almost everybody doesn't like to be told to change. Am I right? Am I right, married folks? No one likes to be told. Don't rib your partner right now. That's, this is you, love. Don't do that. Um, but that's, I don't think anybody loves being told to change. But here's the thing. What if in order to receive the good news, because that's what Jesus says, and we'll get to that in a moment. What if in order to receive an amazing invitation, the good news, we had to hear some news that might initially shock us, but actually seen in the right way was not bad news, but an opportunity for life. Let me illustrate this. As some of you know, probably a lot of you know, about 13 years ago, uh, I received some pretty unwelcome medical news. Uh, I was feeling quite sick. I'd lost a lot of weight, but being a typical bloke, I put it off. I put off going to the doctor. I thought, no, I'll be right. She'll be right, mate. Classic Aussie bloke. Um, I left it for about four weeks and I just felt sicker and he lost even more weight. Finally, Pip dragged me to the doctor and my mum took me and said, you've got to go. So, of course, I'd left it to Christmas Eve. So, there we are. <laughs> just idiot. So, there we are in the medical centre on Christmas Eve, which really embodies the spirit of Christmas. And we're waiting for so long. Finally, we see the doctor. I tell him my symptoms and he was on it straight away. He sort of just grabbed my hand and pricked my finger, put some blood on a little strip, put it in a machine and said, oh, your blood sugar's dangerously high. You've got diabetes. Go to the hospital immediately to get some insulin so you can live. Quite the shock. Not the news I was expecting. I thought I had a cold. Right, so we, I remember Pip and I, we just sat there for quite a while processing this news and he had a lot of other people to see, so he was trying to get us out and he said, go to the hospital right now, you've really got to go. And that was quite the shock. That was not the news we wanted to hear at all. But I'm thankful that he told me the truth. Right, I'm thankful the doctor gave me the news I needed to hear. Imagine if he'd done this. Imagine if he'd thought, oh, here's this nice young couple sitting opposite me and... It's Christmas time. I don't want to deliver this bad news to them. I'll just tell them, go home and go, go home for a few weeks. Come on back maybe a little while, see how you're feeling. Now, if he'd done that, I most probably would have died. I'm thankful that he gave me the news I needed to hear so I could get what I needed for life, which was medicine. Now, here's the thing. This is the great thing about the Bible. It tells us the truth. And isn't that what we want? I mean, don't we want authentic? Don't we want to be told the truth? I'm sick of fake news or whatever on it that means. I want the truth. I want authentic. I want reality. The Bible, you read it, has the ring of truth to it. The Bible describes ourselves and the situation we find ourselves in incredibly accurately. And that is this, that you and I were created by a loving, all-powerful God to be in a perfect relationship with him 
We were created by him with a purpose. There are no accidents when it comes to God. When it comes to parents, sometimes there are accidents. When it comes to God, there are no accidents. We were created to be in a perfect relationship with him, each other, and creation. But it doesn't take much brains to figure out that is not where we find ourselves today. We're having an incredibly fractured relationship with God. Sometimes, is he really there? We have broken relationships with each other, certainly with creation. Why? What happened? The Bible describes that every single one of us, even though we were made by a loving, all-powerful creator, we said, I'm good. I'd rather not have you, whether out of ignorance or out of absolute, we said, God, we don't want you in our lives. And that has fractured our relationship with him, each other, and creation, and caused an enormous gap to open up between the divine and us, a gap that you and I can't bridge. You and I can't get over this gap by any good thing, any religious offering that we could bring. An insurmountable gap has opened up. And I think the question is, is there any hope? The answer is yes, and his name is Jesus. That's why Christians talk about Jesus and get so excited about Jesus so much. This brings us to our third and final point, the invitation. You see, God saw the gap between us and himself. And instead of just sitting back and saying, do your best to try and come to me, which I would posit is every other faith system, try and do enough to get to God. Jesus saw this and he decided to do something about it. Jesus entered into our story to seek and to save the lost. That's you and me. He became a man, the God-man, and ushered in a new reality. He gave sight to the blind. He healed the sick. He showed compassion to the unlovely folks. He eventually went to the cross and gave his life in place of ours. Why? To bridge that gap that you and I could not do on our own. He then rose again from the dead, proving who he was, and extends an invitation to you and I, to turn away. Remember that word repent means to turn away from so many other things that could never satisfy and turn to him. Believe, that's what it means. Turn from and turn to me. Believe, put your hope, faith, trust in me. Not in anything else that can never satisfy, can never give us what we really want, could never take the divine weight we want it to take. Only Jesus can do that. This is the good news that Jesus comes to share. He comes to bridge that gap, to make a way to restore us to our creator. This is the invitation Jesus extends. Turn around and receive it. What have we got to lose? Here at Harborside, we want to shout the good news of Jesus from the rooftops. That's why we exist. Uh, I'll end with this. Um, I grew up uh, in a Christian home but I wandered from the faith that I grew up in. Uh, in late high school, I think mum just wanted to get me out of the house for a couple of weeks. I don't blame her. Um, and so I attended a camp, which I really enjoyed. I wasn't much interested in the Bible studies they were doing each morning. Actually, I was far more interested in the pretty girls. But hey, um, I, I wasn't much interested in the Bible studies they were doing, but I was struck by one thing. I was struck by how the leaders of the camp loved a bratty kid like myself. Their love and care for me gave truth, gave credit 
to who they worshipped, the God they worshipped, and that's Jesus. Their actions led me to want to discover more about who this Jesus character was. Our hope and our prayer here at Harborside Church is that you'll consider joining us as a community as we together, together discover the Jesus of history. Remember before how we talked about um, the significance of moments? You know, some moments are just infused with purpose. Remember we talked about that? The moment had arrived for Jesus, for the Son of God, to bring the good news of hope to our broken world. Maybe this right now is a significant moment for you. Maybe today is a Kairos moment, a moment infused with purpose. You know, maybe like me, you grew up in a, in a Christian home, but you've wandered from the faith you grew up in. Has the time come for you to rediscover Jesus? You know, maybe you grew up in a church or a youth group or, or a school where you had to go to chapel and you're just done with the God of rules and boring religion and boring chapel services. I don't blame you. Has the time come for you to discover the real Jesus, the one who brings life and life to the full? You know, maybe you've got absolutely no background of faith whatsoever, but you're open to spiritual things. Has the time come for you to discover if Jesus really makes a difference? You know, maybe, I reckon this is a popular one, maybe you've been put off by the actions of some Christians in the past. Haven't we all seen our fair share of hypocrisy? Maybe you're just sick and tired of old school religion. But Jesus, maybe he's got something. Maybe you're just tired. I mean, as Matt was saying, we live in a busy city, in a busy part of this city, don't we? Maybe you're just tired of living your own way and you want to try something new. You know, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. It's the time to take up his offer. Maybe lately you've been asking yourself the big questions in life, maybe to friends and family or, or, or maybe just in the quietness of your own heart. Maybe you've been thinking, where do I come from? What am I doing here? Where, where are we going when this all ends? Has the time come to see if Jesus can answer those questions? Maybe just like God had a plan to rebirth this church, what an exciting plan. Maybe he has a plan to reconnect or connect with you today. It's no accident you find yourself here. Give yourself the opportunity to discover Jesus. Can we just encourage you to seek out those answers here with us at Harborside? Matt mentioned Alpha. It's a great course starting on the 19th of September. Give yourself two hours to figure out some answers regarding life, faith, God, and meaning. Two hours. Haven't we spent more time on far less significant things? I know I certainly have. Come and join us. Or come on back to Harborside next week as we start our new series looking at this book in the New Testament of Mark called Discover Jesus. We're going to walk through it together and discover Jesus as a community together. We're actually going to take a moment. I'll get the band up here now. If we can just take a moment. Everyone grab one of these things, a blue card on your seat. It's our Harborside Church Connect card. We're just going to take a moment to fill this out. We would love to hear from you. 
Let me say loudly that we will not sell or pass on your information unless we get a really, really good offer. Um, we'll, we'll see how we go. We are. No, I'm kidding. But we'd love you to fill this out. Please, there's a pen on your seat there as well. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to connect with you. If you're interested in doing the Alpha course, let us know. If you're interested in getting more involved here at Harborside Church, let us know. And we'll be in touch. We're just going to take about 30 seconds or so to fill that in. The band's going to play. I'm going to come on back and pray, and then we're going to sing.